Hello and welcome back to the Podcasters Podcast. Today's episode is a bit of a different one. I recently done a live event on LinkedIn with local millionaire business mentor Mike Green. Me and Mike spoke about the benefits of podcasting as a business mentor and coach. When we recorded this, it had been a year and one day since he launched his podcast success as a system. He revealed his secrets behind building a five-figure shop window, the other benefits he's got from podcasting that people don't always talk about, and his number one piece of advice for someone that's a business coach or a business mentor looking to get into the podcasting world. This is a very short but value-packed interview with someone who's achieved a great level of success in just one year of podcasting. Also, this episode is brought to you by Riverside.fm. We recorded this LinkedIn Live on Riverside. We use it for all of our virtual interviews as well. Riverside can record 4K footage and studio quality audio whilst being remote. So we use Riverside for all of our recordings. You can click the link at the top of our show notes and use the code PODCAST15 with a capital P for 15% off. So yeah, let's get into the episode. Yeah, no, just saying that um, one of the things I do know is that you, you need to keep up with the way things are being done. And uh, one of the, they say it's uh, survival of the fittest, but increasingly I hear it's survival of the fastest. And that's about fastest to change, fastest to move with what the way that people communicate. And um, I mean, it's part of what we've been talking about a lot in terms of recognizing new, new ways of marketing, new ways of connecting, uh, new ways of communicating. So uh, we live and learn every day. Every day is a school day. Absolutely. And it's been what? It's been a year and a day since you launched, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Actually, it was the 31st last year, 31st of January. So, um, yeah, yeah, anniversary. Yeah, anniversary date. Well, let's go back to the start then, Mark. Why, why did you feel like starting a podcast would be a good idea in the first place? Yeah, so uh, much my background started in retail. But really, if you want to be a good retailer, you become a good marketer because retail is about communicating with people, connecting with customers and trying to get them to buy. So my retail career evolved into marketing. And then I set up a a marketing consultancy, then a marketing research consultancy that went around the world. So we had offices in America, Australia, New Zealand. And marketing is a way of connecting with so many people, but you've got to understand how they want to connect. And so I've always been interested, still interested and passionate about how to connect with people. Uh, I was conscious that podcasts uh, from about two years ago, the fastest growing uh, medium uh, for communicating with people. They're They're outgrowing radio, they're outgrowing telly, magazines, newspapers, leaflet drops, all those things. So it was really clear to me that, Apart from being a very effective, efficient way of communicating, it was growing at pace. And if I wanted to stay relevant and resonant to people I wanted to communicate with, I needed to look at it as a uh, as a way of connecting. Yeah, good answer. And how do you see it as different to a lot of the other kind of marketing techniques? What's really, what's its kind of unique, unique angle? Yeah, I think I think what I like about it is it, it's a real conversation. And, um, you know, a lot of programs, if we looked at, say, um, even n- newspaper or magazine programs or TV particularly and radio, they're very staged, they're very formatted. They, they, you're told what you can say, when you can say it, how you can say it. You know, if you cross a line, you might breach a legal kind of, shouldn't have said this about Gary Lineker or, or whatever. Whereas a podcast is a conversation between two people where the content may be of interest to other people. And, and actually it feels more relaxed because of that. You and I are chatting, we're sharing some of our thoughts. And when you're consuming it, and when I was consuming them, whether I was driving along in the car, whether I was watching on YouTube, I always felt like a third person in a conversation, but I didn't have to 
contribute but but i was i was listening i was enjoying i was interested i could consume it in different ways you know vis- visually or audibly in different environments and it just it felt more relevant to the pace and variety of life now than having to be on telly at eight o'clock because that's when a particular program is or on the radio at that particular time or a one-dimensional leaflet or advert as a way of connecting so it's conversation it's real um there's i mean certainly the way i've done it with you guys and always done it since as well and the way we work together is there's no script might have a couple of key questions but other than that it's conversation it's, it's all authentic right and the thing is especially when you're someone like yourself who's you've interviewed a few a-list guests right you've got your greg wallace's you've got your charlie mullins you've got your um uh, nigel farage etc and more people want to see behind the scenes of those people they don't want to hear the media answer and a podcast is almost like that that real authentic angle which you just don't get on TV or on the radio. No, and 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 that's a really important point. I mean, some of them, I, I love every podcast I do, and, and what's real about it and more relaxed about it is it's not often in a studio. You know, for me, the way I do it, you know, Dame Mary Archer was amazing, 79 years old, so much energy, so much wisdom, uh, so much passion, and still got a load of ambition at 79. But that was in her home, in her lounge. Uh, we're just going sitting, we're having a cup of tea. Often it's at my house. Sometimes it's in a studio, if that's a convenient place to me but it doesn't have to be and you know having been on gb news or, or talk tv and that a lot it it just is a different atmosphere and everything's so structured and you've got to, got, got to get it in by a certain point people relax differently when you're in their home or in their office um in a different way uh, and i certainly feel that and you you get a, a more authentic response as you say mm. So when people launch podcasts, when people are thinking of launching podcasts, I'm always getting asked the question, how long does it take to see results? And that varies from every podcaster. In your personal experience, Mike, how long did it take for you to see some sort of results of what what were they? Yeah. So, I mean, firstly, what is the result that you're looking for? And a lot of people go into things with either a very fixed idea or no idea of what result they're after. So, for me, um, <clears throat> if you're looking for direct sales to come in immediately, that ain't probably going to happen. You know, it's about building up awareness. Uh, it's about being authentic in the message and what you're trying to achieve. And if that's just about selling, I think it comes across um, really quickly. And that's then like, oh, so this is a kind of draw us into flog to us um, scenario, is it? So if you look at results, one of the ways I wanted results, I'm a mentor and I love being mentored by others. I love to learn. Now, if I'd have rang Charlie or Nigel or, or Greg or uh, Mary Archer, um, I mean, I'm 50 now, uh, Rob Moore, I'd have probably not got through. If I'd have got through, it would have been a quick call. Um, to try and get in their diaries is, is, is not easy because they're busy people. But in um, a podcast environment, because there was a mutual benefit, they were getting exposure, I, I was getting benefit from my podcast, it was much easier to get their time. So that's, that's the first thing. So from my own selfish point of view, 
an early result was I'm getting the wisdom of these people. You know, a lawyer that costs more than a thousand pound an hour but comes on my podcast, uh, a guy who runs one of the biggest investment platforms, you know, Charlie Mullins, 146 million net worth, Neville Wright, 200 million net worth, Kevin Byrne, 76 million, he sold his business for well over 100 net worth. These are hard people to get to and get the wisdom that how did they get what they got? How did they achieve what they achieved? What would they share with other people? I'm sure if I said, can I have an hour of your time? It's like, oh, God, how many times have I asked for that? You're or, spot on, honestly, yeah. if you see it. But ask them to do a podcast, there's, there's as much benefit for them as there is for me. So in terms of result, for me, selfishly learning, it was immediate, okay? I think in terms, for me, giving value to others, it's fairly immediate. As, long as, as soon as I publish it, then they're getting Mike Green's podcast, but they're getting Charlie Mullins or or, or um, Kevin Burns or Dame Mary Archer's or Julie Spence's wisdom. Uh, and often, because of that authenticity we talked about, they're getting like really guttural kind of, how did you grow up? What was your dad like, your mum like? Were they influencers? Were they negative? Were they positive? You know, did you, did you have a silver spoon? So they're getting real kind of guttural, not staged, I've got 10 questions, what are they, uh, input. And often, because it's a conversation, it's said in such a natural way that for me, with success is a system, and we're talking about the upbringing, the behaviours, the systems, it's often said in a way that is immediately implementable. So if someone listens and hears, they can take that idea away, they can apply it to their own lives immediately. So I get that immediate response as well. They get responses because the lawyer, Ian Brent, as an example, was a commercial lawyer. He said, well, I did it because it was you, Mike, and we've known each other a long time. But I was amazed how many people rang me and said, Ian, that was fantastic. I didn't know you did this. And oh, I hadn't thought about that way of getting an extra multiple or two on the value of my business. So it shocked him. that He was doing it as a favor, kind of. It shocked him how much commercial benefit he got. And then me being able to share that benefit, other people want to come on the podcast uh, and so on. In terms of benefit for getting loads of listeners, you know, they're, they're kidding themselves if they think they're going to have 2 million listeners tomorrow or even 2,000. You know, it might start with dozens and then hundreds and then maybe thousands and it will grow from there. But what was really interesting in terms of results, even when it was just hundreds of people, they were really focused potential mentees or people who wanted me to speak at an event and so on. So even with low numbers, it's a, a, a vein of gold in terms of the right people, the right focus to talk to. As opposed to TikTok, I might get 20,000 people uh, look at something, but 19,992 of them are completely irrelevant. So I'm shouting loud to most people who aren't interested. Whereas the podcast, people have actively tuned in. They've taken the time to connect. They want to listen, learn, and understand, or just consume. So the results were immediate, but took a few months in a monetary sense. A hundred percent. I like the angle you took um, on the getting to speak with these people that you wouldn't normally just be able to call up, right? So you mentioned, Rob, an example of his is he's he's had 12 billionaires on his show. Now, I don't know the figures, Mike, but I can imagine if you was to ask for an hour mentoring session with a billionaire, it's going to set you back quite a lot of money. <laughs> so getting those people on for free is a great, great opportunity. I'm it for them. I mean, that's the thing. It's like... Uh, I find a lot of millionaires, a lot of billionaires, in fact, most of the ones I've ever met, uh, more millionaires and billionaires, obviously, but the ones I've met, they're very philanthropic. They're very giving. 
But, you know, let's face it, they ain't got that much time and they've got millions of people who want their time. So they've got to focus it. If they can have an opportunity to just give to Mike Green, it's like, all right, then he's a nice bloke or whatever. But if Mike Green can, if they can come on Mike Green's podcast and Mike Green can reach out to a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand people, then they're sharing their wisdom and they're giving much more. Um, it is hard to justify, especially if it's voluntary, just giving one to one if there's no uh, obvious game back. And I think that was where and where continued. I'm amazed. I have never ever paid anyone to be on my podcast, for instance, uh, even though we've had people worth that much money. They've always done it for free, and I think it's it's. Uh, it's better that way. I'm not saying that if I had a chance, you know, I know Rob's had uh, Andrew Tate on there and Andrew's not charged him. And, and that's because Rob reach and Andrew's reach and so on. Uh, if I could get someone like that, would, would I, would I consider paying? Maybe, I don't know, but um, just because it, it gets followership, but I've never had to and don't currently see it as something I'm doing, but I've never needed to because it is a mutual uh, return that, that benefits many people. 100%. So many people are surprised. They're like, how am I going to get these guests? And, you, and I'm always saying to them, it's like, just ask. You'll be surprised how many people are willing. Everyone's favorite topic is themselves, right? So you give someone a chance to talk about themselves for 45 minutes to an hour in front of an audience. So many people will be up for that. And they'll be honored often if if you're, especially if you're a reputable name in that space. Something you said a minute ago was about the, the quality of listener, right? So TikTok's very different. It's just hit as many people as possible. But with podcasting, you and many others we work with might have just a few hundred listeners, but the value of that listener uh, turns into much more monetary value than it would on TikTok, for example. So it's all who and not how many, right? If you've, you can monetize a podcast with one listener. If that one listener is the CEO of a company who's looking for CEO coaching and you're a CEO coach, then <laughs> easy funnel, right? That obviously that's very hypothetical, but the point is when you have a podcast, people get caught up in that, oh, how many listeners, how many downloads, how many viewers? It's not that, it's who you're getting in front of. And is the content good that they're turning up every week? You said those kind of benefits that came straight away, like those conversations, and then you mentioned the monetary ones took a couple of months. What what were those sort of first monetary benefits when they started coming in? Okay, if I can just go back firstly before I get onto that, you were talking about TikTok and I mentioned TikTok and so on. The podcast itself became of massive benefit across all the social platforms that I use. Because when people are trying to do shorts or trying to do posts, often it's very still, it's, hello, I'm Mike Green, I'm a mentor. And it's kind of, you know what you want to say, but it's kind of scripted or somewhat mentally scripted. When you're doing podcasts, that's one long form content. And I recommend people, even though 95% are auditorily consumed uh, and only 5% visually, if you record them visually as well, one long form visual YouTube podcast content will give can give you 30, 40 short form posts that can go on TikTok, can go on Facebook, can go, go on Instagram, can go, can go on Twitter, can go on LinkedIn and so on. So the value to me, it saved me a lot of individual time doing shorts. It say, it, and it was more real because it was taken from a conversation uh, with somebody. So that, even though I found it much richer and more valuable than other um, social media forms, it actually helped me with all my other social media forms. Now, in terms of the direct monetization, one of my uh, great friends, now great clients, came out of it, uh, which is the Wolfrid Private or the Wealth Summit in Ireland. Uh, and from one of my podcasts, they made contact. I now do work with them. We've got a whole year of activity planned out, speaking at events, doing training. Uh, and we're talking about 
you know, five figure returns are, are for, from one person. I've got several mentees, uh, and the packages I do between sort of nine and fifteen thousand pounds a year. And so, you don't need many individuals to value uh, to get value from that. And I never know when they're going to come, but they click through, they find me, uh, and I am quite blunt and I'm Marmite, people like me or they don't like me, I don't care, I'm not after the ones that don't like me, but sometimes they see that not only as a mentor, but I can resonate with what he says, I relate to him as the as his style, and people should find a mentor that's their right style, but it, it took a while because it's kind of tr trickling out there like ripples, but the other benefit is, even if the early podcast only got 200 listens and I don't know, a dozen views, uh, in the first week or whatever of release or in the first day, what you don't shouldn't forget, and I, and I didn't realize or um, connect with at the time is they're on there forever. They're on there forever. And, and every week, different people are listening to ones I did a year ago. And, um, and just I did a mentor in session earlier. And I said, did you see my podcast with Ian Brent? Did you see my podcast with um, the first podcast I did with Charlie? Listen to that because there's some really good content in there that you can uh benefit from so it say it gives me uh connectable content to take them back and forth uh, and i've created my own library if you like of content that from world leading people that i can refer my own mentees to so the the value i don't know it's like planting a seed and it germinates and it grows and it germinates and it grows uh, there are some obvious connections and that's already I would do it in a heartbeat now I'm a year in and know what I got, but it was a, it was a growing return and multifaceted. I think that's a great message for other mentors and coaches in the space, right? Because you can't expect to release two podcasts and be getting four clients off the back of it. And then every people are going to find you and straight away be like, Oh, especially if you're doing high ticket, right? 15,000 pound. Someone to part with that sort of money, they need to be sure of what they're doing. So they need to have trust in the person, the product, the, your expertise, and a podcast is a way to build that trust over time. It took you a few months and those people that first came in probably listened to all your episodes. Now you're a lot further along. Someone could discover you and go back and listen to all your episodes and almost become a super fan in about a week if they just binge everything that you post. So don't go out there. If you are in a similar situation, you have a high ticket product, don't be thinking, right, need to make that money back in three months because you probably won't. But if you do it for six months, you might. If you do it for nine, 12, the longer you do it, the more people will hear, hear you, see you, the more that your new listeners can go back and listen to and you'll build a better relationship with your listeners and that's when it does trickle through because you don't even have to sit there and shout about it at the top of your voice. I know and on my podcast personally, the Podcasters Podcast, we'll reference what we do. So we'll talk about, oh, we work with clients. This is a result our client had, but we don't sit there and scream down the mic at like, come pay me, come pay me, come pay me because people don't want to be sold to. But if you've got great content, then people will automatically think, oh, well, when I want to pay for help, it's that guy I'm going to reach out to. Um, and I feel like that's how it's worked for you, right? You've had those benefits at the start. And then as people have built that relationship with you and your podcast, they've then started to become clients of yours. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of full circle all the time because, I mean, it saves me some time and some Groundhog Day repetition because I can say to someone, look, rather than going this to now, here's a key principle, listen to that podcast. But equally, um, uh, it, I can bring it back to life. So there's a podcast I did nine months ago and it's with Greg Wallace and Greg's in the news for something. I can put a short out to that podcast today again. Nigel does something on politics. I can put a short out today. Charlie Mullins launches his new business as he's going to in, in uh, about eight months time. I can bring that podcast back then. So it's content we create once that can be cut into dozens of shorts across 
multitude of platforms, but I can bring it back at any point in time if, it, if it's relevant because of something that's happened currently. So people might think, oh, it's going to cost me whatever a month to create these podcasts. But you pay once, you get the return many times. And if I put, um, let's say it's a mentoring post or ad on socials, nearly always people will say to me, oh, I saw that ad uh, and then I searched you. I found your podcast. I listened to that podcast that you did with such and such. Uh, and then it, like what you were saying really resonated with me. So to, to me, it's slightly intangible at first. I mean, it's still slightly intangible, but I can put definite, um, mentees that have come to me because of it but I also know that a lot of stuff around the periphery has come through or been enhanced by the presence of those podcast libraries yeah and enhanced by is definitely a big one because we will often have conversations with people and then they might have questions we'll say hey check out our podcast the next time you speak to them it's as though you spoke to them a hundred times Right. So it can be a way to warm up leads. It could be something you send to clients, to mentees. To, you don't want to sit there explaining something when you can say, actually, let's spend this 10 minutes getting the best value on something else. And you go and listen to that episode. So then they get more value from it. Right. So there's all those kind of indirect ways to enhance your day to day and also your, your, your lead flow. There is there is one question uh, someone's asked, Mike. Uh, Darren's asked, in general, are people receptive to coming on a podcast for a chat or interview? Or does some need a lot of persuading? Um, I, I've been really lucky. And I started with people I had some connection with. That helped. I get asked a lot if I will go on other people's podcasts. And, you know, what the first thing I'll do, and I'm, I'm sure people do, is look at that person's profile. Are they right for my audience, for my subject, which is success as a system? Have they really understood what the podcast is about because there are agencies out there who are just charging people to connect them to, to podcasts and they're maybe not relevant or, or, or resonant to the content. And I think if you don't stay true to what it is you're trying to do as a theme for that podcast, um, you can very quickly dilute it. So Grant Cardone, I mean, in America, they, they change our language a little bit, don't they? But the word niche in America, they call niche. And one of the things he says is the riches are in the niches. You know, if you want to be all thing, I'm going to talk to everybody. I'm going to get this person because I like them and that person because I like them. But there's no common theme. There's no niche, if you like. Very quickly, you're trying to be uh relatable or resonant to everybody and actually in doing so you just become boring because it's like oh it's like there used to be a thing on emails tldr which meant too long didn't read some email like that get me an email like that if i'm interested i'll come back to you um you, less is more has become a cliche but it's true and in terms of focus what is the purpose of your podcast who are your target audience and if they're part of your target, there's a good chance that your audience are right for them by the very nature that you want them on your podcast, that your audience is probably relevant to them. So they'll want to come on it. If you do that focus and you approach them in the right way, I, I can't see why people wouldn't. It can be a really quick half hour uh, and they get great value. And so do you. Yeah, 100%. I've, I've said it a few times before that a, a podcast for everyone is a podcast for no one, right? Instead of trying to please everyone with some content, find a specific audience avatar and make content for them. Put it this way. So if you had a podcast about business and you had a podcast about business for single mums in their 40s and you're a single mum in your 40s, you're way more likely to listen to that one because it's almost so it's made specifically for you. 
Whereas that one might attract some people, but because you're trying to go super broad, it doesn't always doesn't always land so well. And if you are going broad, you need incredible production, massive team, a lot of marketing budget to kind of get it out there. Whereas if you're super niche and you can find the right audience, you don't need big numbers to monetize. Well, and when, when now, we started, you gave examples of one that was DIY and another one that was health and safety. Also, and they get thousands of followers because people in that sector are very narrowly interested in that specific skill set. So it means that if they tune in, every bit of the content is relevant to them, as opposed to some broad um, uh, podcast. Exactly, 100%. If we was to go on our podcast, talk about podcasts, and then next week TikTok, then next week blogs, then all of a sudden, someone who's interested in our first episode isn't interested in our next two episodes. They're probably not going to turn up the third time. So like you say, making it relevant for everyone. is, is definitely what, need, well, not for everyone, for one specific person, making every episode relevant for them is what you need to do. Now, not everyone, Mike, obviously makes five figures through their podcast in their first year. You've done really well there. What do you think is behind that success in your first year? What's What things have you done differently, maybe, or do you think you can attribute a lot of it to? Yeah, I, I, well, the podcast is a shop window to what I do. So if you imagine walking down a high street, if someone's got an attractive shop window, it might stop you from walking past and you have a look. If that's got enough um, connections or messaging or relevant products to draw me in, I might go in the door. Once I'm in, is the um, environment, the products, the service going to draw me further in to get me to buy? So in and of itself, I'm not going to buy just because of the podcast, but they're interested in the person I'm going to speak to or they're interested in the subject that we're talking about this week. When they come in, we're, we're going to not be too narrow because with it being real and conversational, it can sometimes change direction a little bit about that person they're up against. Once they're in, they're connected. Once they're connected, they may follow me on, on LinkedIn. Once they follow me on LinkedIn, they they may hear some of my more regular posts. They might come back next week uh, and so on. And so what we end up with is this relationship. People do business with people they like, know, and trust. We start with them not liking me, knowing me, or trusting me. But if, if they connect through the podcast, then they get to know me. Hopefully, um, if they're interested in the content, they get to like it a little bit and feel like, oh, he seems like a decent bloke or he seems like my kind of person or he seems like my kind of mentor. And if they then see by association some of those people or some of the businesses I've helped, there's the trust there. So over time, and people take several times to sell to. You know, people don't buy on the first occasion normally. It's probably when you get into selling, they say anything between seven and 12 points of contact before you close a sale often. Actively come for something. So to me, it's, it's a very strong shop window that draws people in. Awesome. And for anyone out there who is a business coach or a business mentor who's looking to get into the podcasting space, what would be the main piece of advice you could give them? I'd say get out there and do it. Just do it now. I'd definitely say do it visually as well rather than just audibly because it has so much more benefit. And it, it, uh, even though it's only a small percent uh, consume podcasts visually, as I said, the shorts that you can get from it are powerful. Uh, YouTube is becomes a powerful medium as well, which requires it to be visual. Um, and uh, just it's, it's not a lot more to video it as, than it is to do it audibly. If you are going to do it, and this is something that you guys taught me, is get the same day, same time, get regularity, get consistency. You might be six or seven in, 
uh, before you even launch. Because I remember you saying, if people get on and like it, they're going to look for more. So almost do five or six. I think we did six before we launched so that we can then launch six on one day so that if someone did like it, tomorrow they can listen to another one. Tomorrow they can listen to another one. So if you look at a Netflix show, for, for instance, it's got episodes often people get frustrated if it's one a week that's released because if they like it, they want to watch the whole series at once. So I think just get out and do it, do six, launch them on one day, make some noise about it, try um, to keep it focused and relevant uh, and try to do that riches in the niches focus on who, you, who you're trying to talk to. Awesome, Mike. And for anyone that wants to hear any of your episodes, go check out Success as a System, right? There's a whole year's worth they can binge to see uh, exactly what you're talking about, right? Absolutely. I, uh, I appreciate that. And listen, you guys uh, were great in helping me get going on that. And, you know, Ro- Rob's uh, a, a great fan of podcasts. He's probably one of the biggest podcasters in the world today uh, with his, uh, disruptors and so on. It, it's been amazing to me uh, what a successful medium it is although it it may not burn immediately in terms of getting that contact, but it lasts forever. Whereas a TikTok ad or, or a newspaper ad is here today, it's gone tomorrow. It's here this second, it's gone forever. Uh, the, the, the podcasting is there forever. Awesome, Mike. No, that's brilliant. Thanks, Mike. Thanks so much for coming on. <laughs>